Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, with us right now, we've got Francisco Serrano. And Francisco, you are the Chief Speed Officer at 121. And you guys are on the web at 121corp.com. That's C-O-R-P.com. Francisco, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you for having me, Josh. Very excited to be here in your podcast. Yeah, so uh, so one to one is is an agency. You used to handle branding uh, and a lot of other things. You know, I think before we get into what you do, let me just list off a few of the companies that you work with. And uh, so, to the person who's listening to us, um, you go ahead and take a drink every time I say uh, a company that you might recognize, uh, and we'll see how they're doing, Francisco. By the time okay. I get about twenty seconds in here. <laughs> Head and Shoulders, Disney, Kellogg's, Visa, Heineken, Bayer, Hasbro, uh, Tic Tac, Nutella, Clearasil. Uh, I could go on and my gosh, it's this is like the who's who: P and G, French's, Lysol, Starbucks. Okay, I, I'm going to stop right now because our audience is all passed out. So now that it's just you and I, Francisco, how did you build such a thriving agency? Oh, well, uh, that was a, a funny approach. Never seen it like that, Josh. Uh, well, we started about 16 years ago, and uh, we decided to create an agency that it was different. And how we developed this concept of a difference is uh, focusing on customer service. So, And the customer service translated into speed. So the faster you deliver the, uh, the outcome, the better the clients uh, or the happier the clients were. Right. So so our core offering is based on speed. We deliver uh, either both in digital or in in graphic design deliverables for uh, many Fortune 500 companies like you already mentioned. And we do it with the key differentiator, which is speed. So we do it Mm. faster than anybody out there. So that's that has been our, our, our signature since we founded the company. Yeah. And and so obviously, Francisco, when you talk about saying that just simply customer service is the key to your growth, obviously, we can unpack that a little bit. So let's talk a little bit about more about what you mean about customer service um, and how that led to so much acquisition in terms of a great client base. And if you don't mind, maybe share, differentiate yourself. I mean, isn't that what typical agencies do? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, uh, going in depth about explaining why customer service, you know that out there, there are so many agencies and you have them from the freelancer that uh, are very talented all the way through uh, big global agencies. And everybody's offering something different, right? Uh, You have the creative ones, you have the Latin ones, you have the ones that focus on video, others in social media some in strategy, and other ones in data management. So uh, for us, is speed. So uh, for us, we sometimes uh, 
people say, why speed? Well, if you focus on speed and you're launching a product into the market, you're better off launching the product and learning from the experience of launching it and structuring a comeback every time or every week, try to make it better every time, instead of just saying, I'm gonna wait until I have the perfect product or a perfect service, and then I'm gonna launch it then. So speed has helped us uh, uh, understand that uh, the digital realm right now is uh, learning and growing at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. So coming back to the differentiator from all agencies out there, of course you need to be fast. Everybody has to have that ingredient into their, their offering to the public mm -hmm. or to the clients. But for us, we, it's, it has to be the center, the core. Most of our clients, like you mentioned, are big Fortune 500 companies. So they have the volume. They just, and they already have their partners in strategic and digital and creative and Latin and whatever. They just need uh, the, the, the gap that we feel is the, the adaptation or implementation to mm -hmm. put it in context to all the different moments of truth or points of contact with the, with the final consumer. So that's where we come in and we do it. So one-to-one -one has offices in New York, yeah. uh, Manhattan, D.C., and in Mexico, right? Yeah. Uh, and we service companies all over the, the, the globe. So from Far East, uh, uh, we have Europe and, and America. So mm -hmm. that gives us a loop of, of offering that no one or very few companies can, can provide, right? Right. You know, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to, I'm trying to find this simple answer. Uh, you have a big agency and you have exceeded uh, the lifespan and uh, the depth of, of, of success. And you're on the Inc. 5000 doing very, very well. Um, where did you get your first handful of clients? Well, uh, we started out uh, in Mexico. I am yeah. originally from Guadalajara, Jalisco, the tequila town. Uh, so uh, we founded the company there, and and we started to uh, to engage with a lot of clients locally, mm -hmm. and one thing led to another, and one of these clients were in the U.S. based, and and uh, we we went and and became their agency of record for the Hispanic brands, mm -hmm. and then uh, that's Hershey, one of the one of our clients, and then from there everything organically start to grow. If you fast forward 17 years, right. uh, we are now, I mean, talking with people with Amazon and, you know, like you mentioned, and right. Audible and Racket Bank Keezer, et cetera. How did you get the attention of Hershey? How did they say, yes, you are the ones we want to work with? Well, first we, we worked with, uh, they acquired a company, a candy, a company that it was from Mexico, and we were in charge of all their branding uh, in Mexico. So, uh, in the U.S., I'm sorry. Yeah. So what they did is they took us under their wing, and we were the specialist only in that brand. And then the rest, I mean, we just spread the magic across different departments, right? Mm.
Nice. Well, th- you know, they, they always talk about, you know, kind of right place, right time, but it's more than that, right? It's, you, you couldn't, you, you would probably uh, defend the notion that, oh, you just got lucky. Well, yeah. I mean, I have to accept that we're fortunate and lucky, but mm-hmm. also we seized the opportunity and we took it. And, and, and now uh, we, we could have just remained with the, the Hispanic portion of Hershey. Right. But, uh, after that, we decided that we wanted, we wanted to, that, that our purpose was a little bit more than that. So mm-hmm. right now, like I said, we have, we sell over in globally. So that's, that makes us very proud. Is it primarily to the Spanish-speaking audience? No, 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 oh. no. We, for example, with Amazon, we are their uh, go-to partner for their newsstands. Everything you see in their website, as far as magazine, mm-hmm. we do, or, or a lot of things of that nature. For Audible, you know, the reading, uh, the, uh, the audiobook company that it was purchased by Amazon, we are their go-to day-to-day partner. Also, we have people working inside Audible, and we do work for Hispanic and across the, the all the different markets, right? And, yeah. and so on. I mean, it's just, and, and for Europe, we do, and for India, we do work for India. And, you know, so it's just across, depending on the adaptation of the material, and that's where we come in and we adapt it to either digital or print form. What do Fortune 500 companies know about branding today that maybe small companies don't really get? Well, they they really care, or they at least they are constantly talking about that engagement. Engagement, meaning that the emotional connection, uh, it's a big thing when trying to build a brand. And small businesses sometimes, because of, uh, not having the right budget, they don't invest necessarily in engagement and more in direct sale. Mm. But, uh, so uh, that's the one thing that I can say that I have seen in small businesses. There's much more engagement that uh, people need to think of in the small arena. Yeah. And when you say, how, how does branding evoke engagement? Well, when you, when you what's branding? Branding is just a connection between a product or a service and the mass market. And branding is a touch point. This touch point has to, it's like a, like a relationship between two people, I often say. Uh, when you want to engage with somebody, uh, you engage with them on a face-to-face, on text, on a telephone, uh, visual, and digitally. And that's the way you create a relationship. And that's the way you build a relationship with a person. Well, in branding with this product and this service is the same. You need to build that relationship in order to make them come for the second, third, and fourth time and acquire your product. And it's more than just the product. It's just the emotional connection that you have with it, right? So, uh, and that's the whole thing about how many times we've seen that we purchase items that are more expensive and it's the same, but it just has this intangible that we call it a good brand, Mm -hmm. right? Well, that's because you invested in the relationship and that emotional connection is stronger. You know, Apple is the greatest brand of them all to show that, that relationship with the emotion. So what questions are brands or are, are companies asking about themselves uh, when they say, okay, 
here's the direction we want to go to evoke this emotional connection. Like how do they, what's the process that you take them through to, to settle in on the messaging that they want to communicate? Yeah. Well, keep in mind that my role in this uh, whole process of fortune 500 companies is the adaptation to Mm -hmm. the moment of truth of the individuals right? So for example, if you have a product like Coca-Cola, right? Or let's call it, uh, you know, Lysol. We created, I don't know if you've seen, there's a, there's a Lysol. Uh, let me see if I have it here. Yeah. This product. I don't uh-huh. know if you've seen it on the Very show. popular in 2020. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So we created that brand, right? So, and, and everything came up out of the packaging. Once you have the packaging, then you start to tell the story. But you cannot just put a rendering in the digital realm uh, and, and communicate that message like that. You need to make sure that when, when consumers are on your website, you're telling a story and you're engaging with them. So you take this image and you tell the story depending on the... Uh, on the output that the message is going through. It can be a video, it can be a GIF, it can be a magazine ad, a Costco ad, uh, or it can be now through this difficult times uh, with, uh, with the coronavirus thing. And mm-hmm. you need to adapt that message and make sure that you're not copy and pasting that. So that is the role that we that we try to, or we do on a day-to-day basis, right? So the marketers know exactly what kind of message and the the brand has to offer to the consumer. And we adapt it either to the media and or to the target audience, because it's the need of a, of a, of a student is different than the need of a mom or of a grandma. So, and, and, and the service and the purpose probably is the same, but you need to adapt the message to make it appealing and try to make the conversion, right? So, uh, the, adap- the, the, the visual adaptation of the message, what percentage would you say is art and what percentage would you say is science? Um, well, that's from my point of view is, I think it's, uh, 50-50. Really? Yeah. So one might just think that, well, I can just go to an art school and tell them, here's what we want to convey and let the artist who has no concept of marketing whatsoever do their thing. But there's more to it than that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, remember that nowadays, uh, I mean, since the beginning of consumer behavior, uh, data has played a role, an interesting role in how to uh, to make sure that your brand is getting out there, right? And, and you're increasing your sales. Uh, nowadays, uh, when all this data and strategy come together, uh, if you don't have, so it has to be the right uh, brand guidelines. So design, you have to be respectful and, and mindful of all the different uh, design aspects of your brand. So the colors, the illustrations, the um, emotion graphics, whatever. Be technical about it, but try to convey the beauty of it 
from one side, but in the other, you need to be very technical and say and understand what the data is telling you. What's the moment of, of truth for each of the targets and each of the different media types that you have? So that's why I say 50-50. And um, <clears throat> what do, how has consumer behavior changed? We'll talk about a couple of things. Um, Pre-coronavirus, um, how, how has consumer, be, how was consumer behavior evolving up until January of 2020? Like, and it, if you kind of look back at the past three to five years, what are, are consumers more sensitive to certain things? Are they, um, are they savvier? Uh, and so, uh, which is my speculation. So I've been a consumer expert for 13 years and that's been my observation is that, you know, you can't be as on the nose uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, uh, I'd say, you know, advertising. Uh, it's more about, you know, invest, I think, investing in that relationship and being authentic with your audience. But I'm not sure what your observation has been. Yes, yes, Josh. I think that you always have to be honest and transparent and convey what you have to offer to the consumer, right? So, um, Pre-coronavirus, I can tell you that the, the trend across the board is that the consumer is uh, living the now generation. It doesn't matter if it's uh, the youngster millennial or Gen Z that is coming up or if it's the baby boomer. Everybody's like embracing the now generation. What does this mean? It means that today I can find out what color of boxers does my best friend have that he took to the beach and I want to buy something like that. So do you know that power that gives the brands that manufacture boxers to uh, help uh, the consumers take a decision whether or not buy a certain brand? Or if I need to go to the movies and I want to see The Rock and have that understanding that they're going to be reaching out at that present stage and you need to be there when they take that decision. So, and, and all the products that, that are peripheral to, to whatever mm -hmm. things that is happening, like the movie event or like the boxer, you know, you need to understand what is influencing the people that are taking the decisions and work around that. You know? and, and that works now also. The now generation is, we're living one moment. So I can assure you that many companies out there had plans for March and April on their marketing campaigns. They're gonna, they're gonna have to cancel and they're gonna rethink how the messaging is going to be and, and what, what's gonna be the tone that you're gonna need to set up and to make sure that you prevail through these difficult times. Mm. And so Francisco specifically, uh, and I'm sure you've already been having plenty of conversations with uh, your clients. What are they predicting uh, throughout the rest of the remainder of 2020? And again, we're recording this at the very end of March right now, just in, just depending on you know, when someone's listening to this, that's, that's how far into the future we know right now. So we're working on limited information. So I'm very curious, you know, how brands are looking into the crystal ball and how they are, uh, pivoting and responding to our new world. 
Yeah, well, m- most of our clients, uh, some of them are in the digital realm. So like Audible, for example, they're very much aware that the situation is coming up and they're just coming up with new and and innovative ideas to help people through these difficult times. You know? They have a, a free packages for students so they can uh, grow professionally, right? And, and self self-grow in these difficult times. Uh, and the consumer packaged goods, so the fast consumer packaged goods industry, they are very much concerned about the, the availability of products right now, making sure that all the products get to the to the consumers, right? Nestle, yeah. Nestle is very important as this chain. Uh, chocolate, right? It's very yeah. important right now. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's funny, but it is. Uh, and, and imagine Record Bank Easer with Lysol and all the cleaning products, right? So oh, yeah. uh, it is very important for them right now. Their focus is making sure that the the frontline people are, are doing you know, a good job, the manufacturer knows to stop. So it's kind of a different uh, priority right now. So to the answer of how long this is going to take, I mean, they don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, if we knew, we we wouldn't be in this situation, right? Uh, yeah. we, we saw that it happened in Hunan in China in November, and we didn't do anything about it right now. And we're, look, look, look where it took us. So um, um, they are preparing for I can tell you they're rewriting the the marketing plan. We are adapting to uh, this new thing for us, and and digital is going to play an important role, right? Telling the story, even in these difficult times, that's the key. Do not stop telling your story. Yeah. Well, Francisco Serrano, uh, again, you are the chief speed officer at One to One. Uh, I guess that also makes you the uh, are, are you the founder, co-founder. Yeah, I'm the I'm the founder and CEO, but uh, the the chief speed officer is yeah. just to uh, illustrate exactly what we do, right? Yes, you're on the web at one to one corp dot com c o r p dot com, and uh, if nothing else, just go and be inspired uh, by the uh, the the kind of success that that uh, Francisco has uh, has created for his uh, agency. Uh, Francisco, you and I met at the uh, Inc. 5000 conference. And I just want to say thank you so much for your insight. This is a great conversation. I love uh, chatting with people who kind of have their ear to the track on what, you know, our largest companies, uh, you know, are, are doing and what they're thinking. So I really, really appreciate your insight. Thank you for having me, Josh. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. 
We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.